Welcome to the Bible of Heathen Podcast. My name is Corey, and I will be your host. Here we engage in the many flavors of Christianity from the Bible Belt, not to be a-holes, but just to be honest. And our motto here is feel free to disagree, but respect me. It has been almost five weeks since our last episode, and I have actually had this episode written for probably three weeks now. I just have not had a chance to record, and I am excited to have an opportunity to get this episode out because it has been been in the back of my mind for a while now. But just as a quick summary, because it's been a little while, we have been in a series called What the Hell? where we are looking at the diverse views of the afterlife in Scripture. And we have made our way through the Old Testament, looking at ideas of Sheol and the ideas of the underworld being dark and gloomy with shades, and then intertestamental period, which is between the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, where we saw kind of an apocalyptic view of the afterlife and the world. And um, now we have made our way into the New Testament. Last week was our first episode of the New Testament, where or I'm sorry, not last week, it's been a while. Um, the last episode was over 1 Thessalonians 4, where we saw that Paul's, Paul's focus was on the resurrection, not necessarily on what happens directly after we die. It's more on the fact of life after life after death. So we're going to continue on in that same vein, and this week is going to be over the first 11 verses of one of Paul's most famous passages. And that's 1 Corinthians 15. And this is known as the resurrection chapter. And it, this gives us the most explicit look at Paul's thoughts on the resurrection and also the resurrected body. So we're going to slow down. Um, Today we're going to take the first 11 verses, and then we will continue through the rest of chapter 15. But uh, this chapter has generated a lot of debate. You will find lots of different opinions and lots of different theories. Um, But we're going to just, we're going to try to keep it as, you know, with uh, critical scholarship as possible. Um, Kind of the consensus. And uh, we'll we'll discuss some of those debates whenever we get to chapter twelve, or I'm sorry, verse twelve. Uh, but for these first eleven verses, we 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 don't really get there quite yet. But just a quick summary of the book as a whole. It, we're kind of setting our bearings here. So the general consensus for the date is around fifty two A.D. to fifty five A.D. when Paul was in Ephesus, and he's writing to the church at Corinth that was a mix of Jews and Gentiles. So there's this multi-ethnic, multi-racial, and, and cross-cultural church. So as we are aware, I mean, we see it every day, there are bound to be issues, and, and there are quite a few. First Corinthians is a pretty long letter for, or pretty long epistle for Paul. And one of the main issues that is important for our studies is that there seems to be some people that uh, are very highly educated or from high social standings in the congregation that that had a hard time believing some of Paul's teachings, specifically about the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection of the body and what that message meant. They, they, 
you know, in Corinth, this is Corinth, this is a, a large urban center for, for the Greco-Roman Empire. And there would have been undoubtedly different schools of thought and philosophies floating around. And if you were highly educated and of higher social status, you would have you would have probably grew up uh, within these schools of thought and to, to kind of switch switch that thinking to a more Jewish apocalyptic thought would have been very difficult. And I think that's what Paul is really having trouble with within his congregation. And uh, one of those beliefs in particular would have been the belief that the physical body is of lesser value uh, than the more platonic idea of the soul as being like the higher standard or spiritual wisdom is kind of what, what they're striving for. And it seems to be uh, a very early stage of what will later be recognized as either Gnosticism or Epicureanism. But this creates issues for Paul. Because some of these beliefs, these Platonic beliefs, are not in line with the gospel that Paul is proclaiming. And that is precisely what verses 1 through 11 are saying. So on that note, let's go ahead and just jump into verse 1. So verse 1, this is from the LSB. Now I make known to you, brothers, the gospel which I proclaimed, proclaimed as good news to you, which also you received, and which also you stand. So the first part of the verse can also be translated as, I would remind you, like the NRSV, or I want to call your attention to, kind of like the CEB. And Paul really wants to remind them why they came to the faith in the first place. And he wants to remind them of these core tenets to the faith, the, the core to the gospel that he proclaimed to them that they in turn accepted. And I, I, I picture Paul like letting out a big sigh as he's writing this. It's like, look, I've already told you all of this and you even, you even accepted it. So I'm going to go over this one more time. I actually just did that to my oldest the other day. I'm going to explain this to you one more time. So you better pay attention. You better listen. But Paul is, is setting up his argument by pointing out that they accepted this gospel when they heard it from Paul himself. So moving on to verses three through five, and this is kind of the core of this section, uh, starting at verse three, for I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. So notice what Paul says here. There are three main components to this good news or this proclamation that he is preaching. And these three components, he wants to make very clear that it, it is vital. Number one is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Number two, that Christ was buried. And number three, that Christ was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. There's that little, uh, that little sentence there, according to the scriptures. Now, like we mentioned in the last episode, we have to be aware of the story behind the story. Paul is not explicitly expressing some part of the story that he, he is taking for granted that the congregation at Corinth already knows. And we can see it when Paul says, according to the scriptures. He's expecting them to know, you know, maybe, maybe some verses off the top of their head from the Hebrew Bible that it really explains this climactic story of God. And 
well, which one exactly is it? Well, he doesn't say because this is a shared story. This is a shared story with the congregation in Corinth. So some have just suggested uh, Hosea 6.2 says he will make us alive after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. Uh, some people have suggested suggested Isaiah 53 and the suffering servant, uh, Jonah 1.17, um, Psalm 16, 9-11. There's lots of different verses that people have kind of thrown out there that says, hey, I think Paul is referring to this. But I kind of agree with uh, Anthony Thistleton in his commentary on 1 Corinthians. And he makes the point that it would be a mistake to reduce Paul's reference to a specific text, to just one specific text. He, he says it's more than that. And then uh, Paul Gardner, in his commentary, he says that the resurrection is seen as the great climax of God's sovereign plans and the vindication of his grace. So the Hebrew Bible as a whole, the whole story of God interacting with his people, it, it's pointing to the resurrection of, of Jesus, the resurrection of his people, of Israel. And verses 5 through 11 here is Paul's way of saying that Jesus is not still dead, and he, uh, he has seen him himself. And he puts himself at the end of the list of appearances and the rest of the verses. And he, he's putting himself kind of in succession from the original apostles who've seen Jesus alive. And he's saying, you know, he's telling them, look, I've seen him. I've seen him in the flesh. And he wants to make it very clear that Christ's death was, in fact, final and complete. When he says that Christ was buried, that means Christ was in the ground and he was, in fact, dead. But it was God who brought Christ out of death. He has defeated death and he has brought him into life. And so, notice Paul's gospel or good news. Again, what's the focus? The focus is on the resurrection, right? There's, there's no punishment in hell or heaven after you die. The focal point is always on this, this idea of resurrection and resurrecting people at Christ's return and, and God's, you know, control and, and God's kingdom coming down from heaven. And there's, a, there's an earlier episode that goes over the, the idea of the word of gospel, where we discuss the royal language used of Christ's resurrection and enthronement, and how that is the good news for the early Christians, right? Christ was the first fruits, and there's more to come at the end of days. Again, a very different focus from what I'm used to. And if you know what the Romans road is, it's kind of an approach that, you know, it, you kind of walk through the book of Romans and you take out certain verses and it basically gets summed up as, you know, we are sinners. We have to accept Jesus um, if we want to be forgiven. And then we spend eternity in heaven. But that's not Paul's focus. And I want to leave you with a quote from Justin Martyr. That is absolutely brutal to read. And I'm going to end this episode on this quote. Just, just take some time and really think about it. Right, so Justin Martyr was a second century Christian philosopher and apologist. So when I say second century, you're probably talking, I don't know, 80 years separated from Justin Martyr and Paul. You know, 80 to 100 years. It's not that far off. So now the Christian church has really started to get off the ground. And Justin Martyr was one of the was one of the great philosophers of the church, and he has this uh, 
He has this writing, it's called the Dialogue with Trifro, and he's arguing for the resurrection of the body. And this is what he says, pay careful attention. He says, For I choose to follow not men or men's doctrines, but God and the doctrines delivered by him. For if you have fallen in with some who are called Christians, but who do not admit this truth, this truth is the resurrection, and venture to blaspheme the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, who say there is no resurrection of the dead, that their souls, when they die, are taken to heaven. Do not imagine that they are Christians, even as one, if he would rightly consider it. Ouch. Just let that sink in for a little bit. That is painful to read as someone who grew up in this very conservative, evangelical church here in the Midwest. Let that sink in, and I cannot wait to get in to the next episode.